Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Monroe Live Podcast, and I'm here with RJ, and he's going to talk a little bit about, or we're going to talk a little bit about the new uh, dual motor system. So uh, I have a Rivian. It has a quad, and, uh, and that quad gives me 835 horsepower and about 908 foot-pounds of torque, but I got a chance to drive the new uh, dual and uh, that's not that far off at uh, 665 uh, horsepower. And then, what is it, 829 foot-pounds of torque. So, I mean, I noticed no difference, really, for launch. Like, you know, I, I like to go fast. I did not take it off-road. But I did take it on one of the worst roads we have around here. Uh, the, uh, 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 so, I, I'm pretty happy. But... RJ, I think your team did a really good job. Yeah. Oh, well, th thanks, Tendi. Yeah, it, it, the exciting thing about this driving is, as you know, is we spent a lot of time really focusing on how it's built, the manufacturer building. I'm sure we'll spend some time talking about that today. But this is completely vertically integrated. So we build the rotor, the stator, we do the hairpin. Everything is done here uh, in our plant in normal. And as you said, I mean, the performance is exceptional. So, you know, straight line performance, um, it's not quite as quick as the quad motor. And we're the quad, point six of, of a second. You think I can yeah. notice that? I'm a old man. Point five, point four seconds in a zero to sixty run is, yeah. is really the difference. But it's it's a great drive unit. I've been I've been driving one for for now about two months, and uh, absolutely love it. It's very efficient. NBH is nice, so it's it's a great setup. Well, actually, that's one of the questions that I had. What kind of extra range can you expect? Because I only drove it for a little while. Um, uh, what kind of extra range can we see out of the uh, the new uh, the new ve uh, uh, vehicle? Yeah, so with the with the large pack, it it's uh, just a DPA rating. It comes out to 352 miles of range. Um, so it's a it's a nice step up yeah. from yeah. the quad with the large pack, which is a 328 on the EPA cycle. Um, yeah, so it's a it's it's efficient um, and and doesn't really give up a lot in terms of performance. Now. Of course, as you know, when you're off-road, the, the quad motor and the ability to individually control torque at each wheel has a has a nice set of advantages. Yeah. Uh, but for on-road driving, it's, it's a great dynamic uh, platform. Yeah. Well, uh, my wife uh, drove it as well. Uh, Susan, I keep calling it my car, but really, it's not. Um, so anyway, Susan said that it was driving a cloud. And it was like driving a cloud. And I don't know what you did with the suspension, but it is different than uh, than my quad, the, than the quad. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I I will tell you, I drove it over a washboard road. We have one. We have a Amazon facility, warehouses, mm -hmm. huge amount of truck it, uh, and and everything's now. <clears throat> I drove it over that. Now, if you go fast, it doesn't. You know, you you can't notice much. But when you go slow, it's uh, nasty. And I was very impressed with the way it went. Sue went mm. over it a well and, and as well. She probably went a little faster than I did, but she said it really it really worked well. She did not notice anything she didn't like. Everything looks mm. the same to me. I didn't really see anything that was that different, uh, but she definitely noticed uh, the uh, uh, she definitely noticed the, the drivability of the car. And maybe yeah. that's because it's lighter or something. I'm not sure what, but a, maybe you can elaborate. Lighter. Yeah, it's a little lighter. Suspension-wise, it's very similar. There's a, of course, when we put a new drivetrain into the vehicle, we optimize the whole control system 
to contemplate yeah. that drive unit. So the way that everything's tuned is is slightly different to you know, to deal with less torque and to deal with uh, the fact there's one motor instead of two per axle. Yeah. So so that we, we we set it up to be to be that sort of very comfortable, very smooth riding vehicle. And of course, you still have different drive modes, uh, not yeah. as many as what you'd have in the quad motor. But 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 I agree. I think it's a really nice driving. Um, it's sort of a great base package, if you will, uh, yeah. with, with that kind of performance. I, I mean, I, it's, a, it's a great world when the base version of the vehicle is doing zero to 60 in uh, less than three and a half seconds. Yeah, well, to me, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know whether, <laughs> whether one's going to cannibalize the other, but, but at the end of the day, uh, I'm not budging from mine uh, because I do take it off-road. Uh, yeah, and I, I do appreciate the four wheel drive, but actually, uh, I have one question that coolant that you're using, it's a dielectric and, um, because it's, it's splashing around a lot of electrical mm -hmm. components. Yeah. Um, what is that? Because quite frankly, um, you know, we tested it. We know that it, we know it's a dielectric and it feels kind of slippery, but it's not a transmission fluid. What, what is that stuff? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a coolant. Uh, so, so essentially, it's an oil-based coolant that we've developed. That's, as you said, dielectric. Ah, you developed it. We co-developed it with with the supplier partner to make sure that it would work for this application. And and as you know, on these um, on lubricants, you spend a lot of time making sure the lubricant fits the application. And so, looking at high speeds and uh, and and extended duration runs and a lot of durability runs, ensuring that the the coolant solution and the the associated lubrication around the you know any, any lubrication that results from that uh, works over the long haul and and our our durability cycle I'd love to show this to you I mean we we're not just running these in dynamometers we run these in vehicles we run these submerged in vehicles in mud and and, and water yeah. really hot conditions really cold conditions uh, and that was one of the core drivers of this drive unit is to make sure that it lasts the life of the vehicle uh, but with very hard and strenuous life uh, throughout its course. Well, the other thing I noticed too was that you got ceramic balls uh, for the uh, for the bearings, and um, uh, you use that for two reasons. Usually, one is for uh, you get to, it's it's less friction, even though it's a ball bearing, it's less friction, and it lasts longer with ceramic. But you also get uh, the ability to ditch EMI. But I noticed that you also have uh, brushes, uh, which. I don't have a clue. Why Why bother? You should be able to ditch that because the ceramic balls don't conduct. I mean. Yeah. Um, some, of, uh, some of this is just in terms of thinking about sort of the, the life cycle and the duty cycle. And, um, you know, when we think about the bearing strategy and how we set up the bearing strategy, the torque levels is so high that the ceramic ball bearings, as you brought up, are they're they're great from an EMI point of view. They're great from a, a long-term durability point of view, but we have a lot of um, sort of redundant, what may seem like redundancy, but that's ultimately because of some of the specifications around life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and, and like we'll see that and I'm sure you're going to, we'll talk about it some, but the fasting strategy that we have uh, is to ensure that this can operate under these extreme conditions. Yeah. Uh, I'll also, I'm happy to point out some of the areas we see as improvement opportunities. Uh, so especially around the power modules and how they're mounted. Um, oh yeah. Oh, well, let's just jump to this then. This is out of sequence, but <laughs> why have you got this? What it, I don't get it. So I, <clears throat> I, I can see that, you know, 
<clears throat> I know how this goes together, and I know what it does. Here mm. we've got the um, here we've got the uh, the um, basically the inverter. Uh, sorry, I was I've been uh, <clears throat> flying a lot, and uh, for some reason or other, I can't find the holes. But anyways, you've got the inverter here, and then over here we've got the uh, the uh, uh, gate uh, the gate driver. And um, we snapped that together, but uh, I, I would have just used a piece of tin foil. Is there a reason for this? Is this like for stability or something? Is there a vibration problem? Yeah, um, I, this is an area we're driving. That we've, we, we, whenever we develop a product, you get through all the assumptions and all the iterations. And um, I was talking to one of our engineers over the weekend that was heavy on this. And you sort of look at it and say, what are the things we would change? I, I asked the question as well. So what, what would we change? And this is an area we see room for optimization. So we'll see that over the course of its life. Uh, but also, as we look at this being inserted into new programs, I think how we've mounted uh, the gate driver and the power module, it yeah. really was focused on uh, making sure it was very stable, very robust. Of course, this yeah. is an important area. And, and I think there is, we would agree, some over-design in that area. Mm. Uh, but intentionally so if you will uh given the the requirements but but it's a it's a good call out it's it's just uh <clears throat> it's just one of those things <clears throat> and being as we we're jumping around here a little bit <clears throat> i love that you have all the parts in here. oh yeah i have a lot of parts thank you for shipping them over to me so <laughs> i i really i don't think i i would have been able to uh do this but see the uh the black stuff there that you've got coating on the inside Mm -hmm. um, we have no idea why nobody else, uh, nobody else coats the inside of a, an inverter box. Um, so this is the second thing. Actually, I was going to wait till the end, but shoot, we're here right now. So, um, uh, we looked at that. We couldn't understand why, uh, why you were. Yeah. We, uh, I, I think what's unique on our driving at relative to others, um, is if you were to look at, let's say something out of, a, uh, I don't know, uh, a traditional vehicle that's that's designed to spend its life on 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 the road. We had a we have a set of requirements where we want the the motor to be capable of running and operating when it's submerged, um, and then the cooling strategy and the lubrication strategy contemplate that. So some of the coatings and some of the ways that we've achieved sealing are unique uh, with regards to that long life cycle and long duty cycle. And so the that top cover we wanted to create real high stability. The, the ceiling surface you see around the, the machine yeah. edge is there. The fastening strategy speaks to that. And then the inside of it was also to protect against any, uh, to, to protect for a long life of the, of the part. So if we look right here at, uh, at the stator, uh, this mm -hmm. is something that I really do like. You've got um, hairpin design, U-shaped hairpin design. So yeah, I've got a weld on this side, but on the other side, all I've got is the braiding. Which, yep. uh, which I'm, you know, I'm kind of excited about. This is a, this is a, this is a. Pull it over. A, yes, yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. So here so we go. You'll pick that up with one arm. Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, next. <laughs> okay. So why didn't you make this out of aluminum? We could go there, but I don't. <laughs> Anyways, at the end of the day, um, this is a, this, I, I've, you probably heard me commenting about, um, Lucid's motor, uh, I really, really like that one. But this is superior to the most of, actually, all but one other company. Um, 
when it comes to the hairpin design. So I'm very impressed with this. I, I think you've done a fam fantastic job there. And actually, while we're standing here, part of that too is how, with this. how we automate that and allow that to happen, you know, the bend radius and how it's inserted, as you pointed out, into the theater and, and the, and the uh, offset between them yeah. to make that really easy to do. Well, here's the other thing that I like. Uh, your resolver here. Um, mm -hmm. This one is bigger than the other one, but mm -hmm. it's still smaller than anybody else's. Mm -hmm. And uh, and this was uh, this was a big thing that we noticed on the when we tore apart the other Rivian. So this this is kind of cool as as well. Um, you seem to be able to do with your small revolver what other people are struggling with with a larger one. So that's, uh, that's another uh, good thing. I think I'm going to just leave this over here from now on. <clears throat> but but I, I, I will tell you, I, I am pleased. That I'm glad that I got a chance to get this thing and look at it. And there are some really cool ideas. But mm -hmm. really and truly, uh, the thing that I'm the most impressed with is the decoupler. Yeah. So... And you'll notice it's up here in the front where I was yeah. supposed to be. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're very happy about that. Um, the, we looked at uh, uh, all the advantages, you know, uh, gives me a neutral, um, mm -hmm. uh, towing. I, I can tow this now in back of an RV. If I have a big uh, mechanical RV, put it through a car wash. Mm -hmm. A lot of people uh, that we talk to that are in the, um, you know, mm -hmm. they fix crashes and stuff like that. They like the idea. They will like the idea that they can tow this thing by putting it into neutral or whatever you want to call it, and um, and and quite frankly, uh, they they just, I mean, it, nobody else that I know of has got anything quite like this, and yeah. I think I think this is a really good idea. I think this is something that I'd like to have you elaborate on a bit. Yeah, it's. I mean, we spent a lot of time on this. I'm, I'm actually glad you bring it up. So the. On the on the rear driving it, we we're able to disconnect, um, and what that does for us is when on, on the launch configuration we have that as well. Except it's as you know, it's a manual disconnect. So you go into what we call yeah. conserve mode, right? And it, it disconnects the rear, rear drive axle. Uh, whereas in this, it's dynamic. It's and it's a right. based upon the drive mode you're in. But when you're in all-purpose drive mode, which is like the primary drive mode that's used, um, yeah. the rear driving is connecting, disconnecting depending on torque request, depending on speed. And it's a it's a way for us to get to the efficiency of having only one of the permanent magnet ma machines, the front drive unit, you know, engaged, and the others not engaged. You're not creating any uh, parasitic loads or losses just from spinning it, um, which is really you know, which is really powerful, uh, which is great to have. Now, to do that, it means the technical requirements for that disconnect are really high. It has to be able to disconnect very rapidly. It needs to be able to do it very often. Uh, so, from a durability point of view, on a given drive, you're going to be connecting, disconnecting quite often. Um, and it needs to be seamless where, you know, you and I enjoy the fact that this is happening from a technical point of view, but from a consumer point of view, uh, you don't even want to know it's there. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of work went into the the minimizing the amount of time it takes to connect and disconnect uh, the, the drive unit, and then making sure that when it reconnects, it's not this sudden sort of hit you in the back kind of feel like, you know, you yeah. don't want it to feel like it's all of a sudden coming in. So the the way in which the torque curve the torque once it's reconnected the torque reengages was something um, you know our engineers spent a lot of time 
in the vehicle with laptops tuning. I spent some time doing it as well. Um, and it's, I, I think we've ended up with something that's really wonderful. We're, we're really happy with it. And of course you're, you're doing this, you're creating a mechanical connection, but we're using, uh, you know, we have to like do that very smoothly as we disconnect as well. So you don't hear any clunk. Yeah. So we've, as we went through the development process late in the process, we were dealing with some like corner cases where you could create under certain conditions, the feeling of it, you could like perceive something happening in the back. And we really worked all that out through the, the software and through the, through the controls. Well, uh, I normally don't care much for springs. Um, this though, I, I, we talked about it and I would like to say that, you know, maybe there's some sort of a, uh, electromechanical movement that we could make, but if we did that, it, it would clunk. So I guess, uh, you can't get rid of springs everywhere, but let me, let me think about one other thing that you seem to be moving away from and that's carborundum or silicon carbide. Um, mm -hmm. we noticed that you moved from the Danfoss to the Infineon three pack. Want to yeah. comment on that? Is that from just, I assume it's just from a cost standpoint. I love how thorough you are. Um, uh, yeah, so when we think about the driving, and we, we've talked about this before, one of the big constraints we had in 2022 for production was power modules. And um, in the case of our, our existing quad, we have a, a Danfoss power module that uses either silicon or silicon IGBT or silicon carbide. And what we've um, what we launched with was we had silicon carbide in the front drive unit and silicon IGBT in the rear. And we, the supply chain just wasn't robust or large enough uh, to support our ramp. Uh, and we felt that acutely with our production volume. So with the bring up of this drive unit, the Enduro drive unit, we really put a lot of effort into making sure the supply chain was robust and such that we would could have both silicon carbide uh, with an Infineon uh, Infineon power semi, uh, as well as silicon IGBT. And as you point out, um, you know, we're using a silicon IGPT in the rear drive unit. And, but those, the three pack, those Infineon that you pointed out, you actually showed it earlier. Yeah. Uh, those can either be silicon carbide or silicon. And we have fungibility between the two, depending on constraints that exist within the supply chain. So are you going to put uh, carborundum in the front? And uh, yeah. That's exactly right. That's okay. Exactly so right. there's a little but, bit of a difference between the two. Uh, the two uh, there uh, is slight, slightly different. Uh, efficiency. Now, one of the things that um, as we fully build out the portfolio of motors across different uh, vehicle combinations, of course, uh, some combinations and the lower price combinations will just use silicon IGBTs front and rear. So that that flexibility is really help, helpful. Uh, so, for example, the same drive unit, or I shouldn't say same, a similar version of this drive unit is used in our commercial vans. And the front drive unit in those applications is just using um, silicon IGBTs. Uh, and not using silicon carbide because it's it's meaningfully cheaper, as you know. Well, it's meaningfully it, uh, it does change things a little bit. Um, it's a little less efficient, but it's a lot yeah, cheaper. Yeah. Hmm. So, seeing as we're in around the motor kind of stuff, um, we obviously didn't chop this thing up. Uh, we've got a, some other stuff going on, and I I I I was out of town. But anyway, they didn't <clears throat> they didn't cut it in in pieces. And uh, taking it apart is a real bugger with the new <laughs> clamshell that you've got for the uh, for the rotor. So, I, I, I my guys want to know uh, what's the 
What's the array look like? Is it a double V still, or have you gone to a single V? Because when we put the green paper on, all we see is a single V. What, what, what have you got going on there? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I assumed you were going to ask something about that. Um, we've, we, this is an area that evolved a lot through the development process. And uh, just the, you know, the level of skew, we think it was like that V skew, uh, evolved. Uh, really, as we're balancing performance, um, zero torque or zero speed, like that, like notching feel that you might feel uh, with NVH. And where we've landed, we think is is the optimal level of skew that gives us, uh, we think, great NVH performance without without really a, any performance loss and good high torque zero speed operation. And so. You know, as you introduce more and more skew, as as, as you know, I'm not uh, a fan. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you you can you can start to have a low speed drivability performance issue. Yeah. So we we sort of balance it just right to get uh, a level of skew that that gives us great MVH without having any of that low speed bogging or low speed sort of cogging feel. Hmm. Okay, so while we're still hanging around the motor, um, uh. I, I've asked the questions about the um, most of the things, I think. But one that one of the things that, uh, that Tesla does that I really like is they use the motor to heat the oil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a PTC heater or are you using that same system like uh, we do that as well. Yeah, we, use, yeah, we, we definitely uh, did the same. We actually do it on our launch configuration as well where the um, yeah, we essentially run the we run the inverter through a, a process where it's, it's putting off a little extra right. heat. It's a little less efficient, but it, it serves as a heater uh, to the system. Yeah. We do that as well. Hmm. Okay. And that's something, you know, it's, it's a, it's again, the beauty of something like that is it's software based. So you can uh, that's something that we can, we can evolve and improve over time. Uh, seamless to a customer. You wouldn't know that this is happening, but we improve, we're constantly looking to improve low, low temperature performance and, and uh, the amount of time it takes to heat up the system. Actually, um, I've uh, I, I've kind of, I guess we ran through everything pretty much that I was kind of really interested in. Is there something something else you want to add to the um, add to the narrative that we've gone through so far? For us, launching this motor uh, represented it's sort of emblematic of how we hope to continue to grow as a company, uh, where it balanced manufacturability in a way that it had a, had m- much more of a focus uh, than, than what went into our launch configuration driving it. So if you look at the three-in-one casing, that's a good example. It's all single access for loading the content. Yeah. So um, you haven't seen the lines, Andy, but I'd love for you to come at some point to see see the line here in the plant. But That'd the way good. that it's built up is it's it allows for it to be robotically assembled uh, without having to right. rotate the assembly a lot, which on our origin drive unit, like we're unfortunately we're like flipping or reorienting the assembly a lot because there's so many different load planes. Right. Whereas in in this drive unit, it, it loads very nicely between all three components: the the motor, the gearbox, and the inverter. Uh, and then, of course, as you showed us with on your cart, uh, the lid for the the inverter assembly actually carries a lot of content. So it's like the contents in the lid, and then it goes on. Right. So it it was designed to try to minimize the amount of um, flipping or reorienting that that happens through the production process. And of course, doing that to reduce number of fasteners, reduce number of discrete parts. Um, now the seal plane for all of that, 
still has a number of fasteners and that's really a resultant of the pretty extreme conditions despite the fact that it's not a quad motor we still anticipate people using this off-road maybe not as extreme as you but 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 still getting it getting it wet getting it dirty you know caking it with mud uh these kinds of things so we we, we want that steel plane was still very robust yeah well we've uh uh you know we're we also work uh in designing products and uh we're a very big fan of uh layered assembly uh mm-hmm. If, uh, I don't know if you've ever gone through our process, but if we go through the process and we code it, anytime you have a change, even if it's one or two degrees, it doesn't matter. It's still a problem for our software. So it'll come back and give you a big, don't do that. So everything we we design goes together in a vertical sense. And it has to be vertical. I don't want to do upside down or sideways because then I have gravity working against me. But one of the things that we're looking at right now hmm. is uh, a fairly large uh, casting that has to be sealed like forever. And I don't think, uh, I really can't see how anybody's going to come back in and, um, you know, <laughs> and modify one of these boards or something. Oh, we need to put something else on. Oh, the, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the gate driver is, uh, has got a, a bad transformer. That ain't going to happen. Hmm. So... Uh, what we've seen with uh, a number of uh, different products that we're working on is we're basically taking the lid and going click done. So yep. it's a snap fit, no fasteners whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Nothing is going to get in. So with a labyrinth fit. When I, anyway, that's uh, that's one of the things that you might want to think about uh, down the road from that's a design standpoint. Um, if you know about or whomever designs it knows about snap fits and how they have to work when you're looking at metal it yep. makes a it makes a, a big difference yeah but what do you think he what are you thinking about uh volume and whatnot uh how how much do you think uh how many do you think you're going to be popping out on this one uh per year well this this underpins every commercial van that we build is using one of these in, in the front mm-hmm. and then we anticipate our dual motor configuration making up uh, more than half of our R1 production. Uh, importantly, this drive unit family uh, is going through another iteration of design and improvement, but it'll be used in our R2 platform as well. And you know, a lot of the things that I even referred to, if you look at the inverter assembly and some of the opportunities there, we, which we agree with, yeah, um, those are already being implemented uh, into how we're how we're going to execute. You know, let's call it Gen Two of this drive unit to take cost and complexity out. And I think your points on the cover are really interesting. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about the, some of the durability cycle, but also how can the, uh, the platform be remanufactured? So we have a remanufacturing line yeah. for, yeah. for driving units there. And let's say, uh, you know, vehicle that's in a collision, we reprocess them through a facility we have in Kentucky um, or, via, or motors that are end of life. But I think that can be done um, with some of the things you've talked about. So. You know, maybe offline, I'd love to bounce some things off you to, to talk about this. But that's, for us, we're looking at how do we keep taking cost out of this drive unit. Yeah. Um, the core of it, we feel really good about the rotor stator assembly, the the, the approach to how we've we've accomplished the hairpin, um, the windings and and the radii on that, the assemblage of that is, is really, we feel strong. Um, the, the magnetics, the way they're attached, we feel really good about that. But um, I think some of the some of the periphery, there's still opportunities to, to take more cost out. Hmm. Well, cost and weight are two things that um, 
right? Mm-hmm. With EVs, that's kind of like mm-hmm. where uh, yep. those are the two top of the four. That you, well, efficiency. Actually, I was going to ask you about this, but I uh, we had a, a discussion about it, and I said, well, maybe not. But one of the things from an efficiency standpoint is the number of um, boss bars. That's something mm-hmm. you really want to have a look at. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's something like, uh, well, there's way more than what we would have expected to see. So that anytime I've got um, some kind of an efficiency thing that looks like it could <clears throat> either uh, get in the way of, of uh, power distribution or, or just extra pieces that I'm going to have to somehow uh, bolt yeah. together, it's a it's a good idea to have a look at, and that one yeah, there that was the one that stuck out. The bus the most. bar assembly, yeah. The, the, there's there's um, we've over designed the bus bar assembly uh, a bit. We would agree, and even you know if you th- look at how those and how they're encapsulated as well. So it's the the part, the encapsulation, the mounting. It sort of ripples. So yeah, some um, you know so some over design there ripples into more than we'd like. So that's an when we think about like the Gen two of this that area along with how we have the the power module mounting strategy will be the areas that will evolve the most. I have a question that uh, wasn't on my list, but when, uh, when we, like I didn't get a chance to tear it apart. So I had a, a team and, and whatnot, and I was looking at it and I started thinking, mm. uh, how much more efficient is it if I'm running just the front uh, module and, mm. the, and the rear is disengaged? What what sort of extra is there a percentage or something like that that you can drop on us? Yeah, it's um, it, it depends on the speeds, but it's call it five ish percent to have five both per- motors. Yeah, to have if if you were to so when, for example, when you put it into sport mode, uh, it removes it, it, it it's constantly connected. Right. Uh, so the rear drive unit doesn't. So that way, the moment you press it, it's hundred percent there. Yeah. When you're in all purpose mode. It disconnects. So while you can't really perceive it, uh, when you you hit the throttle, it the rear motor has to re-engage. And there's oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, it depends on the speed. If you're below 20 miles an hour, it's engaged. But over 20 miles an hour, it disengages. Yeah. And and of course, that's where you really start to see the the efficiency uh, loss when you're at higher speeds. Right. And you've got the rear motor uh, going when you don't really need to have it going. When you're just let's say cruising on the highway, when you're the front drive unit is completely sufficient for providing the power to, you know, to keep the vehicle at constant speed. That's when it naturally wants to disconnect. Uh, but in sport, it stays connected. And, and it's, it, again, it depends on the drive cycle, but call it five-ish percent. I'll take 5% any old time. That takes uh, quite a bit of uh, weight to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is exactly right. <clears throat> that, yeah. And that's the reason for that whole disconnect strategy. And it's a, it's a, it gives us the benefit of on the highway effectively having, um, you know, the, the range that you'd have with a smaller performance single motor setup. Mm-hmm. But then the moment you hit the throttle, you get the dual, you, know, you get both motors. It's, as you know, very, very quick. Yeah, it's, uh, it's plenty fast. There's no question about it. Like I say, I didn't get a chance to take it off road. <laughs> That'll be a video I'd love to see. But, I love uh, the, uh, yeah, well, no, I don't think you want to see that. I, that would be bad. <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll save that one. Uh, and besides that, I don't want to I don't want to buy a broken one. I I don't think your guys got any sense of humor here in Detroit. But uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I I think uh, I think that you know a, a lot of people buy you know Brand X Jeeps. 
I never did. I, I when I could afford it, I started buying Rubicons, and that's what I kind of look at is the the quad is a Rubicon, and the other mm. one is for going to the grocery store. And but you know, <laughs> I still think uh, based on what I drove and whatnot, it's not just a uh, it's just not uh, a Rivian with uh, with two motors. It 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 seems to me to be uh, a pretty good vehicle. Now yeah. um, your guys did suggest that I can uh, borrow one for a while. My yeah, wife was on that like white on rice. So I'm pretty yeah. sure that uh, we're going to take them up on it and take a look. Okay. And you know what? There's something I forgot to do at the beginning of this. Uh, oh, all you uh, <coughs> financial analysts and whatnot. No, I do not have any Rivian stock. No, I am not getting paid for this. I, I You know, it's just so stupid lately. But anyway... I uh, know uh, all the guys that have got a chance to fool around with it were pretty, pretty impressed with uh, with almost everything. I mean, we've, I mean, we'll find uh, we'll find fault with pretty much anything, but uh, but we up. were we were we were very impressed with what you've done. I think mm. this is a great step. I love, I love the fact that uh, I like. I'm I'm a big fan of EVs. Mm -hmm. um, that I, is no denying. I think you guys have done a good job, and I, I really think that um, this is going to. Oh, wait a minute! I forgot the big question. How much? <laughs> how much cheaper is this than the uh, than the quad? It's I, a lot cheaper. Good I mean, God, we, that was supposed to be in question number one. That's so, the whole point, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a. We've talked about this um, even in some of our, our earnings calls. The the this driving it is a meaningful cost down. Uh, both because we no longer have a, you know, a rotor stator that's coming from a third party that has a lot of margin built into it, yeah. but also because um, it's all integrated as one unit. You know, so the idea of like a three-in-one assembly with vertical axis, uh, you know, layering is, as you talked yeah. about, you know, if you were to look at the two different lines, we've got all things that would be sending all kinds right. of red on, on your product development sort of process yeah. because you have different axes for assembly. Right. Whereas on this, it's all vertical, all designed around vertical um, from the get-go. So I, I, um, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's significant double digit cost savings, significant. Wait a minute. <laughs> Have you turned into a politician? What, What's can you throw, throw a number at me? So okay, I can... double digit could be somewhere between 10 and 99. So, uh, 10 and 99. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. good. Well, yeah. that's, uh, that's double digit. Okay, good. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, we've talked about this, this, this whole system being greater than 25% uh, reduction in cost. Oh, from from the quad to the to the oh, no. dual. Yeah, yeah. Okay, for the motors. I'm, for a second there, I thought, wow, <laughs> I'm trading mine in right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. For, the, for the for the driving, it's right on a yeah. motor basis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But well, which is significant, especially if you have two is. motors or four motors. Yeah. Look, anything as far as I'm concerned, anything that's going to get the cost down is going to be the right thing to do. Uh, I think you guys did a good job, uh, a really good job. I. Um, I mean, we don't, we, we, you know, we, we're paid to nitpick, but, uh, but, uh, I will tell you, this was a, this was a very good effort. Your team should be, uh, commended. They, they oh, did well, a great, I mean, they well, did a great job. Yeah. Well, thanks, Cindy. Yeah. And, and, and the areas that it, I'm sure you've noticed, and we've talked a bit about here around the, you know, around the power module, around the bus bar, we, we know, we know about those and we're working on them, but, but yeah. we'll look forward to seeing, uh, the video of your, your teardown. 
Okay, good. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll work on that then uh, shortly. But this is for now. This is uh, this will keep everybody on on uh, pins and needles, right? So exactly. Okay, good. All right. Great. Thanks, Danny. Well, thank you, RJ. Thank you. Have All a great right. have a great day. You too.